Welcome, friends. So good to see you guys tonight. So good to see you guys. I feel like I, um, I, I saw about a dozen new faces even as you guys were coming in. So I'm, I'm really glad that you guys are here. Um, if I have not met you yet, my name is Josh. I'm the Young Adults Pastor here. Uh, and man, it's a, it's a joy. It's a joy to be with you guys here tonight. In John chapter 15, Jesus looks at his disciples right before he goes to the cross and he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. He says, if you remain in me and I in you, he it is that bears much fruit. And he goes on to say, but if you do not remain, if you do not abide in me, then you're like a branch that's broken away from the vine, cast out and dry up. You cannot sustain life on your own. You guys, this is one of our last weeks in our Abide Sermon Series that we've been journeying together through over the last five, six weeks together. And what I love and what I have loved about this time together, right, we've been uh, exploring spiritual disciplines. These practices of what we can do to connect with God. Um, and what I love about them, even as we're singing up here, right, we're singing, all my love, all my affection, all my heart belongs to you, Jesus. Right, that this is actually the better way to live our lives, is connected to Jesus. But more than it just being better, it's actually the only way to live a life that's actually alive. That outside of Jesus, we just get disconnected and we get separated. Um, and I'm, I'm eager for tonight, you guys. And what I even want to do, um, I want to start maybe a little bit differently. Um, will you pray with me tonight? I want to welcome the presence of the Holy Spirit together, right? Not just me standing up here communicating and speaking to you, right? But we are a community of faith that God has called to be here tonight. Whether it's your first time or you've been around for years, right? You're here in this room and so God has invited you to be here. And so if you feel comfortable with it, I invite you just to open up your hands. And even just pray with me. Come Holy Spirit. Father, you are the one who is described in John 15 as the vine dresser. As the farmer. As the one uh, who's responsible for the life of the vine. So I ask tonight, Father, that you would keep us abiding in Jesus. Would you keep us abiding in Jesus? And Holy Spirit, I pray that you would nourish us as we abide in Jesus tonight. But I just think of this, this quote, that the, the branch doesn't have an option of whether it receives life when it stays in the vine. It just happens. And so, Lord, we seek to position ourselves in the vine to abide in you, to be present with you, to, to rest and make our homes inside of you. So Holy Spirit, keep us. Father, keep us. Jesus, keep us in the vine. We want to abide. We want to be alive in love. And in the name of Jesus, all of young adults said, amen and amen. Hey, friends, before we jump on into what we're talking about tonight, I just want to acknowledge even something that's been happening in our city. Right? How many of you guys are UCCS students? Okay, a handful of us, right? So there have been a number of folks who have died or been murdered at UCCS. Really, it's pretty intense stuff. Um, what I want to even do is just acknowledge this in the room, and we're going to be spending time talking about intercession tonight. And so what we're going to do, and even just have this in the back of your minds, is that we're going to be finishing tonight interceding for our community. So just on the top end, I'm going to say that. But tonight we're going to be talking about the discipline uh, of intercession. The discipline of intercession. Now, I love intercession. I love this idea um, 
Because all the other disciplines that we've been talking about over these last handful of weeks, almost all of them are both independent, right? It's like when you're fasting, usually you do it on your own. Or if you're slipping away to pray with the Lord, it's like you're doing it on your own. Um, and most of them are inward facing, right? And, then, and that's kind of how they're supposed to be. If I'm slipping away with Jesus and I'm asking him and talking about the things going on in my own heart, my relationship with him, that's an inward facing kind of movement, right? But intercession is both individual but also a corporate discipline that's innately outward facing. And you guys, I believe it's one that if we lock into, that we won't only see transformation in our own hearts, minds, and lives, but also in the world around us. When I was 16 years old, I, I met Jesus here at this church, here at, at, a, at New Life, at a desperation conference. And fast forward like three months, I'm like a baby Christian. I don't know which way is up and down. I'm like reading the Bible for one of the first times in my life. And I find myself in a 24-hour prayer room. Right, a prayer room that um, they've been hosting prayer and worship for um, years, 24-7, all the time. And I'm in this space, and I just see this, like, this heart to see God move in the world around them. It just grip, it gripped me, you guys, in all honesty. And I came back here, and I was going to school over at TCA, and I started a prayer meeting. And I was so full of zeal to see God move on my school. And I remember these moments where I'd be praying, and we'd be, like, there together, and we were, like, we were, like, not the, the cool Christian kids. We were, like, this weird kind of awkward, like, we'd invite people to come, and they just kind of look at us and say, wait, you, you, you pray at lunch? Like, no, I'm going to go not be with you, right? But I, we'd be, like, super zealous, and I would walk out, and I remember walking through the halls of my school, and I would, like, see people in, like, casts, and I would be, like, can I pray for you? And I'd lay hands on them, and I'd pray for them. And then over time, I remember seeing, like, like wow, like, like I'm praying for this person, and they're actually not getting healed, like, okay, that's kind of frustrating, but like, but honestly, it's just, what it did is it, I feel like in that moment of disappointment, we can either like pull away or press in, and I just, honestly, I just pressed in and pressed in, and, and the moment for me when I realized that like intercessory prayer, which we'll, I'll give you a definition in a little bit, but essentially it's just prayer where you're, you're standing on behalf of someone else, and you're asking the Lord to move in their life, the moment where it resonated with my heart Fast forward a couple years, I'm working at a place called Catholic Charities up in Denver, working with a, a homeless population, um, where what we did is it was an emergency shelter for women who had no place to go. And so every night, right, we would open up the doors, and women from all kinds of backgrounds who found themselves in really dangerous and hard circumstances would come in, and they'd have a place to stay. And I remember this one night, right, I'm like... 19 years old, 20 years old, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I'm sitting down next to this woman who's like, who's like walking in a walker, and she, she does not, she's not old, so she's, she's like in her like 40s maybe, and so I just kind of notice her, she's coming in, and I sit down next to her, and I just kind of start asking her her story, I'm like, hey, what's, what's going on, like what, what brings you here tonight, right, it's kind of an awkward dance, because there's a lot of really complicated stories, but we just get in this really meaningful conversation. And she, she starts to share bits and pieces of her story with me. And as she's sharing, I just hear more and more and more. And end up, um, basically she reveals that about a week and a half earlier, she'd been in her home with her husband. who was in, He was an abusive person. He was dangerous. And that the breaking point is that he had, he had physically thrown her down the stairs. And she had broken her tailbone. It was an incredible amount of pain. And she just, she just needed to remove herself from that situation. And I'm just listening. I'm just like feeling my heart just break for this woman. And I'm there and I hear her story. And I, I just I feel this deep resonance in me. And I'm like, 
I don't know if God will heal you, but I know that we serve a God who does heal people. <laughs> like, I've heard about it. <laughs> like, but, like he, I've heard that he does it, and I know that he loves you. Can we just pray and see what happens? And in this moment, right, I'm sitting and I'm praying. This woman asked me to put my hand on her shoulder, and we pray, and it's just, this, it's just, it's just it was so simple. I just was like, Father, I just stand on behalf of this woman. Would you come and just touch her body? Would you give her, would you give her a, a loving embrace of a good and kind father? And you guys, it was like heaven broke in. It was like the atmosphere just shifted and this woman just starts to weep and I start to weep. We feel the presence of God. And then we, honestly, I just say amen and I don't really know if anything has happened except for obviously God ministering to her heart. Um, and we finish our conversation and this woman goes to leave and she stands up. And it's like she gets this kind of wild look in her eye, and she basically like carries her walker and just like walks away. And it was this moment for me where I was like, oh my goodness, like we serve a God who responds to the cries of his people. And you know, I look back and I don't even, I honestly don't even remember her name. Like I don't remember what I pray, but we serve a God who comes and who moves in the world. I saw the intercession. And prayer is actually a way that God fixes the world. And he pieces it back together through the prayers of his people. And what I love even tonight, right, we look at the world around us. And our world has so many strategies for fixing things, right. And most of them, I think if you boil them down, they're either like some atmosphere of, or element of hard work. Like we're just going to work really, really hard and fix this or strategy. Um, or even if you boil it down, a lot of it is manipulation. I'm, I'm going to try to make my world work for myself. What I love about the discipline of intercession, right, we're talking about this in our spiritual disciplines that are all designed to bring us closer to Jesus, to abide in Jesus, is that the way that Jesus changes the world is actually through relationship. It's through love and it's through loving connection. And so what we're going to do tonight is look at intercession. And y'all, there is so much that we could say about this. Like, if you look at the Bible from page one to the very end, like, there are intercessory moments. We could be here all night long, but my, my prayer for us, my hope, is not that we would uh, have an exhaustive conversation about intercession, but an introductive conversation about intercession. My prayer for you tonight is that you would see that God is inviting you into a partnership with bringing his kingdom on the world, bringing his kingdom onto earth as it is in heaven. And so we're going to bounce around a little bit tonight. So we'll be a little bit in Genesis, a little bit in Exodus, a little bit in Matthew. So we'll just kind of track as we're going. But our first point here tonight, even as we're talking about intercession, is that very first and foremost is that intercession is on behalf of others. Like I said, it's others focused. Intercession is on behalf of others. How many of you guys in the room have any kind of interactions with young kids? Yes, and the dad, dude in the back, you're the man, dude. I love it, bringing your baby here, right? Okay, like young, young kids, young kids, right? Like three years old and under. And so my wife and I have a two-year-old daughter. We'll talk more about her in a little bit. But if you've interacted with kids at any point, right, they might be super sweet and they're just rolling along with their lives when all of a sudden it's like a moment grips them when they just become the meanest human being in the entire world. Like, Ellie and I, we love sometimes on, like, a spare evening, we'll just sit and we'll watch, like, funny videos on Instagram. And I just had this one video emblazoned in my mind of this dad carrying a gigantic TV that's obviously very expensive. His son just walks up, punches him right in the stomach. 
and he drops the TV and it breaks. And it's like, it's like kids are gripped with this moment of absolute insanity. And do you know why? Is that at their heart, all kids are narcissists. Uh, and let me know, that, that's actually kind of true. But there, so there are studies that have come out that says that children don't develop the ability to empathize with another person's emotions until they're about the age of four. So, like, if you look, like, it's actually age-appropriate for kids to be little narcissists, but they are little narcissists, right? The world is all about them. It's all self-focused, and it should be if you're a kid. When we're talking about intercession, it's a process where we go from being internally focused to what is happening on the inside of me and my own feelings and emotions and connections with Jesus and struggles, and we actually grow up to start empathizing and looking at the world around us. When we're talking about this discipline of intercession, I think one of the things we have to know is that persistent self-focus is actually a sign of spiritual immaturity. And so this is not just an invitation into another prayer practice, it's actually an invitation to grow up. It's an invitation to grow up with Jesus and to start to look at the lives of those around us. Intercession at its heart, it's the act of mediating or intervening for someone or something else. When I was in high school, let me give you some examples here. When I was in high school, this was well before I met the Lord, um, but I had a friend group. There was me, there was another guy, he was like the, the quarterback of the football team, and I was the center, and so we had a special relationship. And there was another guy, and we would just kind of hang out, and we were friends, and we'd play video games. Um, both of my friends um, were, I'm trying to find the, the, the correct word, right? They were both very desirous to find a girlfriend, right? There it is. And, um, and my one friend, the quarterback, was like very, he was like very charming, and he had like nine or ten girlfriends by the time we were in seventh grade. And my other friend was a little less so. And as time goes on, right, like what do you do? You hang out, and you start talking, you're like, oh, who, do you, who are you interested? Who do you like? And they both started sharing, and as time went on, they started to realize that they were both interested in the same person. And it got a little awkward, Got a little awkward. And I'm just kind of sitting there, and I'm like, I would rather just drink my Mountain Dew and play video games, but that's okay. Um, and and we're, we're in this moment, right, and as time goes on, um, things get more and more tense because my really charming friend started dating this girl, and my other friend just got super angry about it. And so they started, like, getting, a, like, a little quibbly, and then they just stopped talking to each other. And what would happen is they would, like, talk to me and be like, I can't believe and go tell them this. Okay, and I'm like, go, go tell him this, right? I'm going back and going forth, and I'm going back and I'm going forth, and eventually they broke up, and it was fine, right? I mean, it just, it, I don't even remember how it resolved, but somehow the freshman drama became no more drama, and we were all friends again. But in that moment, right, I'm caught in the middle. I'm like, I'm in, in a role of mediation, of interceding, if you will, right, on behalf of one of my friends to another one of my friends. Then on behalf of this friend, to that friend. And this is not the best analogy when we're talking about God, right? Because God is not <laughs> a girl-crazy freshman boy. But work with me here. Work with me here, right? With interceding, it's essentially where we look and we see something that's broken. Or a situation or a person that's in need of the Lord to come and to move. And we actually get to stand on behalf of of that person, individual, or situation and represent them to the Lord. We lift them up before God. The Bible is full of this, you guys. There are two stories in the Old Testament I want to just touch on. 
crazy stories. There's one in Genesis chapter 18. And this is Abraham, right? And he's the man of promise. He has these promises from God. He's living in a land that he doesn't own or doesn't belong to. God has promised it to him and his descendants. But there's a story where he's pitched his tents just a little bit outside of this valley. And right in the middle of the valley uh, are the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah, right? We all know what happens to these guys, right? And Abraham is chilling up there. And it says that the Lord came to him. So there's this interesting conversation where Abraham is having a dialogue with God. And they're talking about his blessing. And then, like, they go on a little stroll. And they're standing out on this overlook area. And they're both just kind of looking down. And it's so fascinating. The Lord is standing there. And he's like, well, should we? He's, like, talking to himself. But Abraham is right there. He's like, well, should we tell Abraham what we're planning on doing to Sodom and Gomorrah? Like, he won't like it. Like, kind of like winking at Abraham. And Abraham is standing here. And he's like, Lord, would you destroy the city if there are 50 righteous people in it? And the Lord is like, no, if there's 50 righteous people, I won't destroy it. And Abraham goes on, he's like, well, 45, 40, and he works all the way down to, if there are 10 righteous people, would you not, would you destroy the city for 10 righteous people? And then the Lord ends up saying, if there are 10 righteous people, I won't destroy the city. And obviously, right, there are not 10 righteous people, and the Lord ends up destroying the city. But it's a moment where Abraham is standing on behalf of, of people who don't know God. And he's lifting up their stories to the Lord. Tuck that in your back pocket. We're going to revisit that in a little bit. There's another, another story in Exodus chapter 32. This is Moses and the people of Israel about 400 years later after Abraham. They've been pulled out of the land of Egypt, delivered from slavery. And Moses is up there on the mountain of God, Mount Sinai, and he's received the law from God. And one of the main laws, the first one is, right, is don't worship any other gods but me and Abraham, or excuse me, Moses is literally receiving this law while the people of Israel are worshiping other gods but him, right? It's like this moment of deep irony. And God basically says, I, like, he's like, Moses, I'll bless you and make you into a great people. I'm going to kill the rest of them. He's like, We're, I'm going to destroy them and wipe them off the face of the earth. Like, this is, it's like intense language. And Moses looks at him and he says, God, take my life instead. He says, blot my name out from your book, but don't destroy your people. Right? It's a moment where Moses is standing in the gap on behalf of a particular people. What the Lord does is that he actually listens to Moses. And he spares the people. And he re-enters into covenant with them. Intercession is stepping in on behalf of something or on behalf of someone. I think about that today. Right? We look around at the world that we live in, and there are so many different things that don't look like heaven, that don't look like the kingdom of God. And I think about the things that God has put inside each of us. I had a good friend who lived in Michigan, and one of the things that he, he burned for this, he burned for, um, for the rights of unborn children. And he was, like, on it, y'all. Like, he would, like, march, and he would, like, work in... in um, volunteer at pregnancy clinics and just he was just super into it very passionate about it he would carry it in prayer to the Lord and that was something that God had called him to intercede for whereas if you come to let's say you come to new life on a Sunday morning if you could hear like two weeks ago Pastor Brady is up on stage and he starts talking about single moms about moms who are homeless living in their cars and it just like burns inside of him and you can feel it you can see it when we're talking about intercession, we're actually not all called to carry everything that's going on in the world around us. We can't do it. But there are things that God has put inside of you that you actually are invited to carry in intercession with the Lord. And so my question to you is what, when you look at the world around you, 
what just like breaks your heart? What do you burn for on the inside? Right? What situations just, they get you fired up and they, um, they come alive inside of you. Pay attention to those things. The Lord might be inviting you into a space of intercession. Because intercession is on behalf of another. First point here. Let's go on to our second point. Intercession is always, it's in alignment with God's will and character. It's in alignment with God's will and character. I told you a couple minutes ago, um, Ellie and I have a two-year-old daughter. She just turned two about two weeks ago. She's awesome. Her name is Eden. She's great. Um, One of the things that Eden has just discovered is the passion uh, uh, for candy. Does anyone else share the passion for candy in the room? Like, come on, y'all. Like, like Eden, it's like another level. It's like she will eat some candy, and it's like her entire face becomes the picture of peace and bliss. And it's just like, this is the only good in the world in this moment. She's recently discovered something that I discovered long ago uh, called chocolate chips. Straight from the bag, y'all. Come on. Right in there? So... Um, Sometimes in the evenings, like, we'll have dinner, and we'll be, like, playing, getting ready for bed. And she'll look at me with this, like, sweet little posture. And she'll say, Daddy, chocolate chips, peas? Chocolate chips, peas? And I'm like, my daughter, I love to give you good gifts, right? Do you ask me for chocolate chips, and I give you something bad in return? No. And so I pull out five or six chocolate chips, and I put them around her, and she relishes them, and they're all over her face. And I love watching her relish the chocolate chips. Fast forward about 12 hours though, okay. So she's gone to bed. She slept the night. I say a lot, like I love to like get that baby up in the morning, but I also love to put her down at night because mommy and dad need to watch Netflix sometimes, y'all. Come on, right. We get her up in the morning and I'll be like holding her and getting her a little like some like some milk. And I'll be like, okay baby, like what do you want for breakfast? Like we have, uh, we can do oatmeal or eggs um, or, or a banana, like, what do you want? And she'll look at me and she'll go, Daddy, chocolate chips, peas. Chocolate chips, peas. And I'll look at her and I'll feel so much love in my heart. And then I'll give her the gift of no, baby. No, you cannot have chocolate chips for breakfast because it's not good for you, right? There are moments when that is a good gift, but there are other moments when that's actually not a good gift and a good thing, when we're talking about intercession, sometimes we have to understand that God loves to give us good gifts and loves to do good things in the world around us, but that he's actually a really good father who knows what's best for us and he's not going to give us or do things in the world that are opposed to his character or opposed to his will. There's this passage in James chapter 4, he's just like ripping these dudes to shreds and I'm just kind of I'm pulling it out of context a little bit, but um, it says, you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. There's a process that we all have to go through when we're talking about intercession, where we look at the world around us and we all have an idea of the way we want it to look, right? The way we want it to work. It's like we all want to be like, rich, skinny, and famous, and have, like, our political person in office, and get good grades, and get, like, like we all want, we all want this for our lives, but there's a process that before we can start just, like, shooting off intercessions and and expect it to be effective, we have to ask God, what do you want? We have to get to know our Father. Part of intercession is first asking, what is God's will 
and character for this situation. I think back to those stories that we talked to, uh, talked about um, in Genesis 18 and Exodus 32, right? Abraham and Moses. So Abraham, right? So God is there, and he is saying he's going to destroy this particular people. And Abraham is here, and he's starting to notice, like, where there's a little bit of a disconnect with what's going on. I want to just read this passage. Guys, let's jump to that Genesis 18 here. Um, this is what it says. It says, suppose there are 50 righteous within the city. Will you then sweep away the place and not spare them for 50 righteous who are in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to put the righteous to death with the wicked, so that the righteous fares the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do what is just? Abraham is standing, and he sees God. And even though God is saying, I'm going to destroy this particular people, Abraham knows what God is like. He knows what his character is. He says, shall not the judge of all the earth, shall not the author of justice do what is just? You're just and you're faithful and you're true and you're go only going to do right and just things. And so God, do justice. I think about Moses up on the mountain there, right? And God is saying, I'm going to, I'm going to um, destroy this people. And Moses knows the character of God. Right? A couple um, chapters before, right, God is revealing his nature and he says, the Lord, the Lord, faithful and compassionate, right, who gives mercy to those who are faithful to him. He knew the character and the nature of God. Jesus in John 14 says this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do because I am going to the Father Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. What he's talking about here, he says, if you ask anything in my name. He's not just saying like, like Jesus, would you do this and this and this and this, and then just slap a little. In the name of Jesus, amen, right? He's, that's not what he's talking about. In the name of someone means, right, in the character, in the will, in the authority of. If you ask Jesus for anything that's in his character and that's in his will and his desire, he's going to do it. Like, this is an insane promise, friends. Like, this is a promise from God. And so for me, I read this and I'm like, well, then I better know what his character is like. Right? I better know what God is like because I want to see him move on the earth. Uh, Pete Gregg, the founder of 24-7 Prayer, um, has a wonderful quote. He says this. It says, prayer isn't about trying to get God to say amen to what I want. Prayer is about me saying amen to God's will for my life. And I added there, and the world. Intercession is in the will and in the character of God. And so we have to get to know him. We have to know who he is and what he's like. We move on here. Intercession is how we apprehend the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. I just think about Jesus in Matthew chapter 6, right? He's teaching his disciples how to pray. And one of the first things that he says, right, we all know these lines. He says, pray this way, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. But then he says, your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Jesus is inviting us to pray that God's kingdom would come, that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. Um, I've heard some people say 
And it, it's like true in part. I've heard some people say that like, like when you pray and when like you ask God to move in the world around you, like what happens mostly is that you get changed and you get transformed and then you go out and you fix all the problems that God wants you to, that you've just prayed about. And there is an element of truth to that, right? We do get formed while we pray. Um, but I think the heart of that is actually kind of faithless nonsense. <laughs> like, let's be honest here. Prayer is effective to change the world around us. And it is actually the way that God is calling us to bring the things of heaven, the things of his kingdom onto the earth. There's, um, I'm just going to read this line to you guys. I've been, I've been chewing on this because it's a mystery. But there, there is a mystery in the kingdom that intercession, it actually influences the infinite creator God to bless and heal the world. And that in prayerlessness, he does not give the same good in the same way. And this is mystery, you guys. There's mystery in this, right? That God, like you can, like you can zoom back and say God is sovereign. And he, his will is going to be done whether or not you young adults in Colorado Springs, Colorado pray. Like there is an element of truth to that. Like God is going to bring his kingdom on the earth whether or not you are a part of it. But there is this mystery that he invites us into participation in it. And he invites us to get to pray that his kingdom would come and that his will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that when we pray, things actually happen. Like prayer, it actually matters. It actually works. And if you're even like questioning this, like I feel like there are, there's too much evidence to, to this, in my opinion, to say otherwise. Right, it's like, look at the biblical narrative alone, okay, right, you have Genesis, right, you have Genesis 18, you have Abraham, you have Moses, fast forward, right, and you have King, um, you have King Josiah, right, who God is going, is, um, um, he, he's living in a time of compromise and of sin, and he finds the book of the law, and he prays, and he says, God, forgive us and heal our land, and God does. And then you fast forward to King Hezekiah, and there's an enemy army at the gates, and Hezekiah goes before the Lord, and he rips his garment, and says, God, what are we going to do? Have mercy on us and save us. And they wake up the next morning and the entire army is gone. Right? Fast forward to Acts chapter 4. And the disciples, right, have just experienced some persecution for the first time. And they're afraid. And they get into this room together and they pray. And they say, God, why do the nations rage? Send your kingdom. Send your spirit. Give us power to proclaim boldly. And it says that the place where they were was shaken. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit to go and proclaim the gospel with power. If you even don't want to look at the biblical accounts, right, I think about stories like, uh, like the Moravian Revival in the 1700s, the 1600s. This was a small town of prayers who started a prayer meeting that lasted 100 years. And if you are in this room and you have ever gone on missions or experienced missions or if you're reading a Bible, most likely you have been influenced by this group because from this teeny little community launched the modern missions movement. Right, I think about Charles Spurgeon, who was a preacher um, in England in the Great Revivals, and he's up there. It says that he preached over 10 million people in his lifetime, a time before microphones. Like, that's insane. And there's a story where he's at his home church, and he's giving this man a tour. And he's, like, showing him the different things. And he says, hey, do you want to see the boiler room? And the man's like, I don't want to see the boiler room. It's like, it's like this place. In most buildings, the boiler room was where, where it was like the furnace. It was what heated things, and it was what circulated air. But Spurgeon brings him into this room, and there's about 100 people in this room praying in the basement. And they're praying for God to move through the ministry of Spurgeon. He looks at them, he says, this is the engine. 
This is the only reason why anything is happening and why anything works because of prayer and the power of prayer. And I'm here, I've lived this, you guys, in big ways and in small ways. And I think about just the last six months. And there have been so many moments, even just, even just in my own family, when like Ellie and I will get up in the morning and maybe, man, there's like some heaviness or like we're tired or because life is hard sometimes. We'll be going throughout the day and we'll get together um, and we'll just pray for, we'll pray for hope. Be like, God, would you bring hope in my home? Would you bring peace in my home? Lord, I ask that you would bind the things that would weigh us down and that you would release the gospel of peace and of truth into my home. And then we'll come back together and be talking and be like, wow, like things were actually different today. Like there'll be moments where I'll come to work and I'll be here in the office and I'll just be, um, I'll be just tired and things aren't flowing. And as the day goes on, things shift and we'll talk to Ellie and be like, oh, we're actually praying for each other. And prayer is actually changing our real lives. You guys, prayer is effective because prayer is how we apprehend the kingdom of God and we bring it onto the earth. Even as we're beginning to come to uh, a close here, we're going we're gonna to be doing a couple different things over the course of tonight. This is a, a sermon on intercession. And the goal of something like this, right, is that it doesn't just touch our heads and our hearts, but actually with our hands, right? That we get to, we get to do something and engage. And so we're going to come into a space of prayer here in a moment. But before we do that, I want to offer just some, just some practical encouragement. When we come to intercessions, we're actually not the only ones interceding. There's this passage in Hebrews chapter 7, and it's all talking about how Jesus is the high priest. He went on our behalf to, into the Holy of Holies like by his own blood. It's this beautiful passage. And this is what it says. is consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Whenever we intercede, if we're interceding rightly, it's not just us doing the intercession, but it's actually Jesus who's doing it with us. We intercede in his will and in his purposes. Right? He's actually praying with us. He's actually standing with us on behalf of the broken world that we're carrying in our hearts. This is who our God is. So let me give us two really practical things when we pray. Because I know sometimes it can be confusing or discouraging, okay? When we intercede, we first of all, we intercede persistently. Persistently. There are passages in the New Testament, right? Matthew chapter 7, Jesus says, knock, seek, ask. Because those who ask, receive, right? Those who knock, the door is opened. Those who seek, find. The verbs there, they mean those who seek and keep on seeking, knock and keep on knocking. There's an element of faithful persistence that needs to be in our prayers. That's number one. And then second, we intercede trustfully. I don't know if that's a word, but I'm making it one. We intercede trustfully. Here's what I mean by that. Is that when we come to intercede, normally we're praying for things that we actually care about. And that's a good thing. But we pray and we ask God to move and we ask him to pour out his spirit and we ask him to change things and change situations and heal hearts and deliver people out of bondage. But then after we pray, the only choice that we have left is actually to release that to God. And is to trust him with the ultimate action. 
It's like Paul in Philippians, right? He says, don't be anxious about anything, but in everything. He says, with prayer and supplication, make your requests known to God. And he says, and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The only way that we experience peace after we pray is if we trust God with the results. This is how we pray, persistently and trustfully. We do it, and then we trust God with it, and then we do it again. Right? And then we do it, and we trust God with the results, and then we do it again. This is the invitation into intercession. And so what we're going to do here, I'm going to actually invite us all to stand up. Um, is we're, we're going to go into a time of active intercession. Now in just a sec, I have some young adults who are going to come and are going to lead us in prayer. Let me give us some coaching before we do this, okay. These guys are going to be praying. What we're going to be doing is we're going to be lifting up, um, we're going to be lifting up UCCS and our city and those who, um, those who lost their lives. We're going to be praying for peace. We're going to be praying for healing. We're going to be praying for justice, right. These are things that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace. Like it's not a kingdom of death. It's not a kingdom of chaos. It's not a kingdom of fear. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace and healing and justice. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pray together for peace and for justice and for healing. And then we're going to pray for the entire young adult community here in our city. So I'll, I'll even invite these guys to come on up now. Um, and as they're coming, so they're going to pray and they're going to be praying prayers on mic, okay. This is not an opportunity for you just to like kind of watch them and be like, wow, they're great prayers. They're like whatever. Like this is nothing about how they do this is going to make a difference. What you get to do is that as they're praying, you get to put your amen on things. You say yes. Amen. You pray with them, right. Let's say that they, um, they have a phrase or a word that resonates with your heart. You grab that thing and you pray that to the Lord. Okay, that's what corporate prayer looks like is us praying in the same direction together. So, will you pray with us? All right. Nicole, you take it. Father God, we are just so heartbroken about what happened at UCCS on Friday, Lord. We are just so sad for the lives that were lost. Father God, we just pray for peace on the UCCS campus, Lord, we pray that you would restore all peace that was lost on Friday, Jesus. We pray that your Holy Spirit would just cover UCCS and that when people are there, they would just feel your presence so deeply, Lord, that they would just feel your peace so deeply, Lord. We pray that UCCS would not be defined yes, yes. by this horrible tragedy. We pray that people will not be fearful to go back to school. Jesus, we pray that instead they would just trust that you are good and trust that you are there and that your presence is there and that you are protecting the students and the faculty of UCCS, Jesus. We thank you that you draw close to the brokenhearted, Jesus, and we pray for all those who are just heartbroken over this awful tragedy, Lord. We pray that you would just draw near to the friends and families of the victims, Lord. We pray that they would just feel your presence so deeply, that they would just feel your love so deeply, and that they would just be able to confide in you and 
trust in you and trust that you have something good for this, Jesus. We trust that what the enemy works for evil, you work for good, Jesus. And we trust that you have something good from this, Jesus, and that you are going to do something good, Jesus. Father God, we pray that students of UCCS and the faculty of UCCS will just run to you with all of their hearts, Jesus, that they would just find their hope completely in you, not in things of this world, Lord. May this tragedy just be a way for them to see that you are the, the way, the truth, and the life, Father, that you are the only thing that we need in this world. You are the only one that can heal and restore, and you are the only one that can give us peace, Jesus. We pray that every student and every faculty member on the campus of UCCS would know your name and know your goodness and know your love. Jesus, nothing is impossible for you. And we trust that you are going to do something good. Jesus, we trust that you are going to restore. We trust that you are going to be bring peace to this campus, Lord. We trust that you are going to heal what has been broken. Jesus, we do not let this horrible tragedy define UCCS, and we instead we are going to let your presence and your peace and your love and your joy define UCCS, Father. We trust you, and we know that you have something good. Jesus. We just come to you tonight, God, and we know that what breaks our hearts, God, it breaks yours so much more, Jesus. Um, and Lord, I just pray that you would release a spirit of healing over UCCS, God. We know that um, you're near to the brokenhearted, Lord, and that you... You're compassionate, God, and you love us so well, Jesus. So I just pray that you would release a supernatural healing over every student, over every teacher, over every single person who touches the campus, God. I just pray that everyone would just feel your spirit, your Holy Spirit would wash over every single person, God, that they would not walk in a spirit of fear, Jesus, but that freedom would wash over this campus, God, in your name, Holy Spirit. And we declare justice, God. We know that you are a just God and that you will make this right, Lord, in your timing. Right now, it's confusing, Lord. We don't see why or um, understand how this stuff happens, God. But we trust you that you're going to make it right in your name, God. Um, your word says that you love righteousness. You love justice. And we know that, and we trust that you are going to make this right, God. Um, so I just pray that you would continue to wash over everybody, God, in our community, God, that your spirit, you would just release your spirit in a new and fresh way, God, that you would be our comfort, our, our peace in this, Lord, and that you would just come in a new way, Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Yeah, Father God, you're so good. You're so good. Father, I lift up our city, Lord, and I lift up the young adults community. Yeah. God, and I lift up our generation, Lord, for the people who don't know you. Lord, for the people that feel like they're far from you, Father God, draw near to them, God. Give them peace when they feel like they're suffering, God. In this situation with UCCS, for the families, Lord, bring them peace. God, meet them where, they're, where you're at and point them May they see that there is good that's going to come from it, Father God. When you meet them in their sorrow, Lord, 
And God, will they find rest? God, would you give them rest, Lord? Jesus, I pray that your, your spirit will fall on the city of Colorado Springs and on our generation. God, would your spirit fall? Will it cover it, Lord? Will it rush in like a wildfire, God? And will there nothing be stopping it, God? I think of the movie, it's fun, um, Jesus Revolution, God. And in California, how there is breakouts and revivals, God. I want to see that in our city, and I want to see that in our generation. For it to be filled up through our cell phones, God, and through the news and through everything, God. Will your Holy Spirit, it be so tangible. Lord, like we cannot escape it, Lord. But you can, we can't escape the truth of your reality, God. Yeah, Lord, you're so good. You are the God of revival, Lord, and you're the God of the harvest, Lord. You say that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few, Lord. So, God, raise up more laborers to go out, Lord. Help us, help it start here, right here, right now, to go out from here, to go into our workplaces, to go into our schools, or wherever we may be going, to show the love of Christ, Lord. And will they know us by the how, how the way we love, yeah. by the way we love each other, God. And while we love the way we love the people that have fallen short, God, because we all have fallen short. But God, I want to see miracles, Lord. I want to see what Josh saw when that lady was able to walk and there was healings, Lord. And your spirit fell on her, Lord. God, I just ask your spirit to fall in this place right here, right now, starting in this congregation, in this house, Lord, where you walk in and you just can't deny but the, present is, the presence is here, God. The Prince of Peace is in this house. Lord, and I pray it expands like a tidal wave that just goes around this entire city, Lord. People walking the streets. Lord, you did not give us a spirit of fear, but God, you gave us a spirit of courage, Lord, to help us go out and to proclaim the truth, Lord, to, to proclaim your gospel. So God, we give this all to you, Lord. And um, in Jesus' name, amen. 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 So what we're going to do here, friends, so these guys prayed. I'm going to invite us one more step into this, okay? What I'm going to have you guys do, uh, we're going to just turn this into a little group prayer meeting. So what I want you to do, in just a sec, um, I'm going to cut you loose. I want you to break up actually into groups of three or four, just some of the people around you. And this might feel uncomfortable for you introverts. You might be freaking out a little bit. Press in. It's going to be good. And what we're going to do is we're going to pray for the young adult generation here in our city. So that could look a couple different ways. Okay, you could pray specifically for people that you know who don't know Jesus. You could pray that they would hear the gospel and come to saving faith. You could pray like Cade prayed, or you could pray that we would see signs and wonders, we'd see the miraculous. We could pray that the Holy Spirit would be poured out here on us. If you're feeling just a deep resonance, even with um, praying for those who are hopeless or lost or, uh, or scattered, you could pray for hope. You could pray for health. You could pray for healing. What we're even going to do, I'm going to throw up here on the screen just the opening verses of Psalm 91. Um, and here's why we're going to do this, because sometimes if you don't know what to pray, it can be helpful just to pray scripture. So if you're here and you're not really sure what to do, like he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. What a beautiful line. You could pray, God, would you protect us with your hand? Would we abide in the shadow of the Almighty? Okay? So these are just, these are just lines for you to pray if you're struggling with it. So what I want you to do is go ahead, break up. We're going to do groups of three or four. These guys will lead us into worship here. 
in a moment, and then after that, we can kind of just come back in, and we'll, we'll flow into some more praise at the end. You might need to move around a little bit. This is good, y'all. This is church. Let's do it. One last thing. I hear a lot. Pray it, don't say it. So just jump right on into prayer. We don't have time to like talk a whole ton. So just start praying what's on your heart and then pray with them. You've seen what you can do, oh God of wonders, your power has no end, 
Yeah. 
and so many different um, like conflicts or struggles. Um, there's always a moment, I think, of invitation to like come and participate. Um, what do I mean by that? Like, like I think about, I think about like when nations go to war. Like there's a, uh, like they like cast vision, like here's the goal, we're gonna go and like, like bring our kingdom here into this place. And there's, a, there's an invitation, right, to come and to participate in that conflict and that struggle. Um, I just feel the Lord, I think he's just giving this, I think he's giving us like a, like a muster call, like a rally call into what he's doing on the earth right now. Like you guys, we are in the middle of spiritual conflict, right, for the lives and the hearts of your generation. Like, like your generation is on the line. And what God is saying is that he wants to invite you into that conflict with him. Not in a way that's big and scary and heavy, but into a way of getting to co-labor with God for the redemption of a generation. Right? God wants to pour his spirit out upon you. God wants to bring full salvation and healing and deliverance to those who are in bondage and in slavery. Like God wants to free us into life. And so if you're here tonight and you're feeling the Lord tugging on your heart in this area of intercession and participation in what he's doing, then I want to pray for you. And I want to just invite you, just like raise your hands up in the air. If you're feeling an invitation to participate in what God is doing, to say yes to intercession. This doesn't have to be everybody. But I want to pray for you and just um, uh, I want to send you out in this. And so, Jesus, would you look down from heaven and would you see us? Would you see us saying yes, God? Lord, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God, we want to see spiritually dead people come back to life. God, we want to see middle-aged women who've been thrown down the stairs healed and saved and delivered. God, we want to see brokenness come back together. God, I want to see students who are full of anxiety and fear and depression, Lord, and who are, uh, who are questioning even their space in life, Lord, from this recent tragedy. I want to see them healed. I want to see them filled with the Holy Spirit, with the God of life and light. And so, Jesus, Jesus, would you anoint us for this? Lord, we say yes. We say yes to intercede. We say yes to stand in the gap. We say yes, God, to intercede to, for your kingdom to become and for your will to be done on this earth as it is in heaven. And so, Jesus, for each of my friends who's saying yes to this, God, I pray that you'd fill them with the Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray for a fresh baptism of the Holy Spirit on them. Lord, a baptism specifically for the calling of ministering to their generation. Lord, that they would be anointed ministers of the gospel in their generation. Lord, that they would be anointed intercessors in this generation. Lord, I pray that even right now that you would birth uh, uh, longing and even um, desire in them for the things that break your heart. God, would you break our heart for the things that break your heart. God, would you break our heart for the things that break your heart? When you look out at the generation that we're in, the things that make, that, that make you sad, would you make us sad for them? And Lord, tonight I do, I pray that you would birth intercessory burdens. Lord, that we would be those who go out from this room and we stand on behalf of the broken world around us. 
I pray even right now, Lord, for specific names and faces to come to my friends' minds. Lord, of men and women who you are calling them to intercede for. Lord, I pray that specific issues would come to their minds. Lord, that specific demographics would come to their minds. Lord, that specific areas of our culture and of our population would come to their minds, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would even begin to birth in some of them a heart for the homeless community. Lord, I pray that you begin to birth in some of them a heart for the LGBTQ community. Lord, birth in them a heart, Lord, for communities that are far from you. Jesus, we want to see your kingdom come and your will be done in our generation as it is in heaven. And so, God, we say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to you. We say yes to this call, God. And so, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would seal it on each of us. Lord, I pray that we would leave here tonight with an easy burden and a light yoke, knowing that you are the one who goes before us, that our lamb has conquered and all we have to do is follow. Our lamb has conquered and let us follow, friends. And so, Lord, I pray tonight that you would bless each of them. I pray tonight that you would keep each of them. Lord, I pray tonight that you would you make your face shine upon each of them, Lord, that you would lift your bright, shining countenance upon them. Lord, you give them blessings and show your face to them. But Lord, that you would give them peace tonight. Give them peace tonight, knowing that you hold their world and you hold the world and that you in the end will work all things together for good. And I pray this over you, friends, in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And all of young adults said, amen. Yeah, come on, y'all. So good. Thank you guys for joining us in this. Y'all, this is what it looks like to be church and to be family and to be friends. So thank you for stepping into this. Hey, if you um, were in a little prayer group with somebody that you didn't know, go get to know them. Ask their name. Get to know them a little bit. We're going to linger for the next hour or so. Um, please stay with us. We would love for you to build community here. We want to get to know you. Um, sorry, two things. One, we have the welcome table. If you're new, go back there. We have a little gift for you. We just want to say hello. Um, second is um, we are going to be doing a Q&A next week for Abide. So we're finishing this Abide sermon series with a Q&A. It's going to be live. It'll be fun. Um, that's not up there now, but I'll make sure. There's a QR code that you can scan um, and you can ask your questions. So we will have some live questions you can submit, but if you submit them beforehand, they will most likely get answered. So if you've got something burning on your heart, ask away. It's going to be a fun time. Love you guys, and we'll see you next week.